Welcome to episode 19 of Perspectives Unsettled, a podcast that exists to challenge our assumptions about faith and move the average Christian from status quo into boldness in action. I'm your host, Emily Luttrell, and I am all by myself today for the intro because everybody went to Serbia without me, and I'm not bitter or resentful at all. Um, I got to stay behind from this trip so I could work on Global Day, which is something we'll be talking about later. But my co-host Ben and some of our other co-workers, Jeff and Shelby, were able to visit our partners in Belgrade, which is really exciting because it's the first time we've been able to get to Serbia uh, since 2019. So while they were in Serbia, Ben was able to sit down with one of our partners, Donko, and record a conversation for our podcast episode. We're really excited to be able to share some of Donko's story, some of what he's been up to, and the ministry that's been going on in Belgrade. Just so you know, the audio quality is a little rough. They were recording in a cafe in Belgrade, which is really the essential Belgrade experience, but there is a lot of background noise. Um, but you know, we are recording live on the scene and that's just the kind of stuff you get. We're really excited to be able to, you know, do our first international recording uh, and hopefully there's many more to come. But speaking of audio quality, I do want to take a moment just to mention that this was our last episode for our producer, Noah Gray. He is moving on to bigger and better things in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, it's been great working with you, Noah. And we'll definitely miss you, not least of all because you edited our podcast. And <laughs> now that's something I get to do. So without any further ado, here is Ben and Donko. Okay, so here I am sitting with my dear friend Danko. We are in Belgrade, Serbia. We're sitting at a cafe. Very, I feel very Serbian right now. We're, we're, we're drinking some local favorites. We're sitting in a cafe. We are in the heart of Belgrade. Uh, what Danko, it's, uh, it's first of all great to have you as part of our podcast. Thanks for being willing to do this. And even though it's not a video recording. What people can't see is that we're actually sitting with each other. This isn't over Zoom. This is real life. We're together in Belgrade, Serbia, and I'm pumped to see you. So thanks for doing this, man. Hey, thank you, Ben, for inviting me. And I want to say hi to everybody who is listening to this podcast. Um, yeah, you, you, I'm so sad you will not have a chance to see me. The most handsome pastor Serbia got. <laughs> yeah, actually, this was a joke. Ben told me not to lie. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's but, good. That's yeah, good. It's so good to have you here in Belgrade in the middle of this COVID craziness in the world. And um, I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to be back. It was too long, too long of a time. So where are we sitting right now? I'm, I'm looking out the window of the cafe on this beautiful square. What's the square called? Yeah, this is actually the main square in Belgrade. And it's called Trg Republike. It's like a square of our republic. And uh, yeah, we have a beautiful day. It was rainy for, for a few days. And uh, now we have a beautiful day. So it's really nice giving you an interview and watching all these people walking outside and just chillaxing on this good time. Good day. Yeah, it's awesome. And like I said, we are in a cafe. So you might hear some background noises and uh, servers may come by, but that gives us the real feel of being here in Serbia, which is great. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Tell us about you're married, you have kids. Tell us about your background, things like that. Yes, I'm married. Uh, my wife's name is Slaja. We have two kids. Our son Alex is 15 and our daughter Eva, she's 12. 
Uh, we are married for 16 years. I'm uh, 40 years old. Very soon I will be 41. <laughs> and, Child of the 1980s, right? Yeah, 1980. Right. Yeah, the best, best year. Best, best year. year. Yeah. So, and um, I was born here in Serbia, and I'm a Serbian. Uh, actually, to be more precise, my father is Slovakian, but he was also born in Serbia, and my mom is like pure, pure Serbian lady. So I'm um, actually a kid of a mixed marriage, you know. But all my roots are from here, from Serbia, yeah. I was born in a northern city of Serbia uh, called Subotica, which is kind of two hours drive from Belgrade. And uh, my wife and I, we both study theology in Novi Sad, which is second largest city in Serbia, one hour drive from Belgrade. And um, 15 years ago, uh, we moved to Belgrade. And since then, we are here. This is our home. Both our kids were born here, and uh, yeah, we are very, very connected with this city. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll talk a little bit too uh, in a few minutes about some of the different businesses that you've started and some of the different ministry initiatives. But before we get to that, um, probably most of our listeners don't have a, a great concept, perhaps, of where Serbia is, um, and even just some of the general realities about Serbia as a country and then and then specifically Belgrade its capital so S Serbia is in Eastern Europe um, yeah but tell if, yeah go ahead yeah tell if us I, if I can if I can give a, a funny answer okay great <laughs> first of all we are not Syria did I say Syria <laughs> no and we are not Siberia because oh, a many lot people do you think many yes. people yeah you know when when uh, they ask <laughs> me where right. are you from and I said Serbia they said oh it's a war there, you know, what do you say about that? And I said, no, it's not a Syria. Oh, then it must be very cold. And I said, no, it's not Siberia. <laughs> so yeah, you, okay. you are right. We are, are Southeast own. Europe. Yep. Okay. We are very close to Greece. Uh, we are part of former Yugoslavia. And um, I would say like our first neighbors on the north are Hungary. And then Austria is very close. On the west, we have Croatia, Slovenia. And on the south, we have Macedonia, Greece, and east is Bulgaria and Romania. So, yeah. And, and how would you describe, what are some words that you would use to describe, now I, now I almost said Siberia. You, you put that word in my, in my head, I almost said Siberia. Um, what are some words that you would use to describe Serbia? Um, maybe even some of its recent history. Um, what, what are good words that identify it? Well, I, I can say that the first thing that comes on my mind is passion. Our people are very passionate about our country, about our, uh, you know, inheritance. And also, I would say that we are very proud people. And in some point, that's good. But uh, from the Christian standard, it can be a big trouble for us. You know, if we are rebellious to God and stand proudly without God in our lives, then, then we are in problem. But when I said that, that we are a proud nation, I would just want to add that we uh, suffered a lot through great war, First World War and then Second World War. We were um, always on the side of the winner. And our country gave a lot of men who died in that battle. So like, for example, one third of every man in Serbia, in Yugoslavia then, actually it was Serbia. Yugoslavia was after Second World War. Uh, we uh, we uh, gave one third of men. They died in a great war. And I mean, it's, it's um, 
something that we cannot forget, how much Serbia has sacrificed for Europe and for, for freedom in this part of the world. And actually worldwide, yeah. So, um, yeah. And uh, when I think about Serbia, I, I would say that people are very friendly. They love other people. Um, when I think about Serbia, so I'm 40 years old and I went through two wars. I was a kid when the war, when Yugoslavia torn apart, I was uh, 11 years old when that started. And it lasted for five years. Then we had a little break, <laughs> three, four years. And then 1999, we had a, another war and it was war against uh, actually NATO. Uh, they, they bombed Serbia for three months because of Kosovo and uh, Kosovo proclaimed independence a few years after. So, so I had a great childhood, but also we have this experience when you grow, grow up in a war situation, it always leaves some marks. And I would say that those marks that I have, uh, praise the Lord, it, it's not marks of bitterness or hatred, but they are marks of awareness how little it's needed for people to become violence to each other and to start actually killing each other and hate each other. So, and I just hope and pray that I will not have that experience or either my kids or my grandkids. So those are some really helpful um, descriptions of, of what Serbia has gone through even recently. And maybe just a follow-up question on that. Would you say, especially the war back in the 90s, do you guys still see ways that that has affected people and your culture today? Like, is that, are there still ways people view life through the reality of what they experienced back in the 90s? Is there a way that the war back then still influences the way people live today? Yes, of course. We can, we can see that influence almost everywhere. And uh, I would say that people are more cautious or, I mean, cautious, to be cautious is kind of positive thing. Sometimes I think that some people are too much cautious and, and it builds like untrust, if, if that's a real word. I didn't make up English word, distrust, you know. And, and uh, also we see that in economy. I mean, our economy started to grow like five years, 10 years ago, but that what happened in 90s kind of stopped our economy. And, and 99, 1999, the, the country was, I mean, can you imagine after three months of bombing like 24 seven? So, so uh, we needed more time to economically uh, kind of start growing and it affected like my generation uh, I don't like those um, names when they say we are kind of lost generation or war generation I mean I'm a Christian so I said I, I didn't lose anything because God can you know make, make uh, what is the word made up for what you lost yeah redeem you know so so yeah and um yeah, but I mean, you can still see some influence, you know, from, from that time, yeah. yeah. One thing that I needed to mention about Serbia, you know, not only talking about some suffers that we went through, but what, what is the most uh, known brand of Serbia today is our sports people. So Novak Djokovic, world tennis number one player, number one, he's a Serbian guy, he's actually from Belgrade. 
And of course, our basketball team were champions of the world. We were always fighting with Dream Team from USA. We have, yeah, like great, great sportsmen as well. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you mentioned that. Um, so maybe narrowing in a little bit, um, you've already you've already mentioned you're you're a follower of Jesus. You, I know uh, you actually grew up in a family that were Christians, are Christians. And um, as I said, we'll talk about in a second some of your your ministry career as well. But maybe before we talk about the church that you are leading specifically, can you describe a little bit of what's the spiritual landscape like here, specifically in Belgrade? Um, Belgrade being the capital city. Uh, I think you told me the other day that unofficially, unofficially the population is about two and a half million people, give or take. Um, so it's a it's a big urban center for sure, and I would say probably compared to other countries, other neighboring countries, it's probably one of the bigger cities, if not one of the biggest in this region. Um, so it carries a lot of influence. It you know has a lot of uh, progressive cultural feelings to it. Um, so when we're talking about Belgrade specifically, that's where you live, that's where your church that we'll talk about in a second, that's where it exists. Uh, these are the people that you're trying to reach and impact with the love of Jesus. So how would you describe the spiritual landscape of Belgrade? <laughs> what I can say is that this city is in great, great need for Christ. Um, even though Serbia is considered to be a Christian country, and if you stop like average person on the street and ask him, are you a Christian? They would proudly said, yes, I am. And um, most of our country, over 85% are uh, Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox believers. And that's great. I mean, living in a country where 85% people are Christians, that's cool and awesome. But uh, when you go a little bit deeper and you ask me about the spiritual landscape, I would say that we still live in a great darkness. Uh, Serbia or even Yugoslavia never experienced any type of like bigger revival, like seeing hundreds, not thousands, but at least hundreds of people becoming Christians in in whole country. We never saw that. You, you can see that in Romania 20 years ago, in Bulgaria, even in Hungary, but not, not in Serbia or, or Yugoslavia. And uh, we need this. And the problem I think our people has is, um, I talk a lot with people here. And as a pastor, I had a lot of people coming to me and ask me questions about the faith, about uh, what we do believe and how we do believe. And I, and I can say that uh, the, the great difference between saying you are a Christian and actually being a Christian is you need to have a relationship with God. And this is something that we tremendously miss as a nation. And uh, people have relationship with church. People might have relationship with priests. People might have relationship with saints. You know, we ha they have some home, we call it Slava. You know, like they are celebrating some specific saints. But when you ask them, uh, do you have relationship with Christ? They, they make this surprising face. Like, what do you mean by that? You know? They know that Christ is the uh, Son of the Lord, but they, did not, they don't know. They, they are not taught that they need Christ for salvation. And, and that's the biggest problem we have as a nation. You know, we, that's why we preach uh, gospel. We preach 
about the Christ and need for a Christ, not need that everybody needs to go to evangelical church or some other churches, but they need to need Christ, they need to know Christ, meet Him and live for Him. So, uh, yeah, spiritual landscape is that maybe you have 85% of Christians here, uh, but I would not, I don't have enough courage to talk about the numbers, but I would say that huge majority of that number doesn't have a relationship with God, which means that we are lost. We, we live in a country which is, yeah, I, I can use the word familiar to you, still uncharted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just to give a little bit more context, too, for your church, I've heard you talk about the fact that Center Church, the name of your church, um, you guys are in a, there's, I believe, 17 municipalities that Belgrade is broken down into. And tell us a little bit about where you are specifically, Center Church. Our church is very close to downtown. We are actually like 10 minutes ride with the car from the place where we are sitting now. And we are like in epicenter of the city. Uh, so we are in very vibrant neighborhood. Uh, there is 17, maybe it's 14, but I think it's 17. But uh, You can correct yeah, me if yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. So. Uh, municipalities and uh, our church is uh, on one of the biggest municipalities in Belgrade. And like uh, four kilometers diameter, like let's say two and a half miles diameter around our church, there is like 100,000 people in. So it's very dense uh, neighborhood and area. And there is not even one evangelical church in that area. Uh, we have maybe two Orthodox churches only. So, so if we speak just church-wise, that 100,000 people, if they choose to go to church on Sunday, <laughs> they will need at least three, 400 churches, you know, new churches in that neighborhood. Yeah. So like you said, huge opportunity. And yeah, it really exactly. is uncharted. Yeah. What's it like? What's it like to be a follower of Jesus here? Is it... Is it easy? Is it challenging? Um, are there a lot of us here? Or do you feel very alone at times? Um, what's it like to be a follower of Jesus here? Yeah, uh, first thought that came on my mind, man, it, of course it's not easy, but in the same time, I'm very ashamed of that thought because uh, being a Christian in China, that's not easy. Being Christian in uh, like uh, Afghanistan right now is not easy. Uh, I mean, we don't we don't have persecutions here in Serbia. Uh, the the only uncomfortable situation I would say we have is that people are calling us sect. From time to time, you have TV like a, show like a cult, like, like a cult, yeah, like negative, like negative, like a cult. We yeah. are like destructive uh, uh, church, and we would brainwash people, which is ridiculous. But in the same time, you know, when you see that on TV or read that in newspaper. And I mean, in 90s, when we had this war, when Yugoslavia torn apart, attack on evangelical churches was, was, was more intense than it's now. Now, from time to time, some news guy or, or, or lady just writes some article and kind of put mud on our churches. But it's not that, uh, I, would say, I would say that uh, I'm as a Christian, uh, can freely share my faith, which is great. You know, and uh, nobody will arrest me for that. That did happen in early 90s, but not today. Um, the problem we have is that when you approach to some person or, or um, you want to share a gospel, they think that they know better 
and they think like you don't need to tell me about God because I am a Christian. But uh, the reality shows something different. So that's our biggest challenge. And I realized and my experience showed that um, before you go and do the like, let's say street outreach or just approach some random people on the street and talk about God, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work because people like thinking like, hey, you know, you are telling me that today is Saturday. I already know that, you know. Yeah, but if you build a relationship with people and they see that you are different, they hear that you speak differently, that you don't curse, that you don't uh, tell bad jokes about, you know, marriage or whatever, that you are a, a humble person, that you are successful in your business, but you are not stealing, you are not, you know, uh, do some uh, uh, dark things with the tax or whatever. Then, then they are asking you like, "Hey, why do you have that lifestyle?" And then, when you share about God, they see that you have relationship. They see the difference. You know, they said, "Okay, like I, I, I see that Ben is a Christian, and I see that I am a Christian, but Ben's lifestyle is is something that." should be my lifestyle and I don't have it. And then we have real opportunity and chance to share faith and, and tell people about the God. And then they have more understanding why we are not part of that national or global church, why we are part of different church. And I, I just want to say, I don't think that uh, Orthodox Church is bad sure. or wrong. I think that they have the greatest potential to reach this nation for Christ, but they need to start to preach Christ not tradition, not nationalism, yeah. not, you know, saints or those things. They need to start speaking to people about you need relationship with yeah. God. And I can tell that there is more and more priests who are doing that, mm -hmm. Orthodox priests who are really are interested for their, their people to have relationship with God. And yeah, they're still a huge minority, but things are starting to change. And, yeah. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. I can tell you're a preacher, man. That's and, awesome. And, and let me add just sometimes we as evangelicals, like I grew up in a church which is more than 100 years in Serbia. And it's not uh, Orthodox church, it's evangelical church. You know, it's Protestant church. And sometimes we tend to preach tradition. Sometimes we tend, instead of preaching relationship with God, we preach about relationship with our church why you need to be part of our church to be saved. So um, I don't like when we Protestants say it's like we, we know we have relationship with God, you know, and they don't have it because sometimes we also put our relationship yeah. with God somewhere in the back, you know, not on the back seat, but in the trunk of the car and we drive our own story. And so it's a good reminder for us to always constantly remind ourselves our ministry is not to fill our churches with new people. Our ministry is to fill people's heart with Jesus and see how they build relationship with Jesus. And if they choose to go to Orthodox Church and have relationship with Jesus there, praise the Lord. If they choose our church, praise the Lord. But um, we need to do this. And I believe as more we have healthy churches who will have this approach, we will have more people start actually attending and being part of many local churches, you know, and, and build that relationship with Christ. And it can be Orthodox, Catholic, you know, all, all types of church where, where they can really 
hear about Jesus. Wow. Sorry, my no, answers are really I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I mean, I think there's there's certainly a lot in what you just said that stands out to me, but I'm, I can't help but think about um, just the, the scenes in the Gospels where Jesus encourages his disciples, his followers, to certainly talk about him, to talk about his kingdom, to talk about repentance, to talk about relationship with God, but then also how often he lived it out. He, he called us to demonstrate it, to live out the changed life. And just hearing you talk about the impact that really it's, it's when people observe the changed life, when people observe the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in you guys, that's when doors open. And so I just love that, that conviction and that challenge that that's really what it takes. You know, certainly there might be a time and a place when, when words are necessary, but it begins with the context of relationship, seeing how Jesus has changed your life, how he's changed your marriage, how he's changed your family, how he's changed the way you interact with people. Um, so that's a, that's a powerful reminder. It's really good. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about Center Church a little bit, and maybe you can just um, tell us a, a bit more about Center Church and, and some of the things that you guys are working towards and, and hoping for. Um, just as some context, so, so we're sitting here in the month of October recording this for Uncharted next month in November. On November 12th, we're doing Global Day. Wow. And it's going to be back to the future. That's right, exactly, <laughs> depending on when you listen to this. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Global Day for our listeners is, uh, this is our second one, and it's a, it's a virtual experience where we invite anybody who is connected to the family of Uncharted anywhere around the world to, to join in. And it's, it's a, you know, around a 45-minute experience that really just highlights God's heart for his world, his global kingdom, and just the beauty of what God is doing already um, around the world and, and the little places and pieces that we have as Uncharted to, to be a part of that. So the theme of our global day this, this year is collage. And in the U.S., in English, we say collage. And in Serbia, you say collage. <laughs> Big difference. Yeah, there we go. Um, thank you, French, for that word. Um, so this idea of the body of Christ coming together, you know, just, just that beautiful sort of patchwork idea of that we may be different, have different cultures, different languages, different backgrounds, different experiences. We do come together to form this beautiful body of Christ. And, it, and beyond that, um, how we need each other. We need each other in order to live out the love of Jesus, in order to live out God's, God's mission for his world. Um, we need you, and we need our friends in Myanmar. We need our friends in Central Asia. We need our friends in uh, the Arab Peninsula, and vice versa, right? Um, so with that theme in mind, this idea of collage, this idea of the body of Christ globally, I would love for our listeners to hear about your piece of the body of Christ here in Belgrade, Serbia, called Center Church. Tell us a little bit about your church, your vision, your heart, what the people are like who are part of it, so on and so forth. Yeah, uh, I just want briefly to, to say that I just love, love the, the theme or topic of, of your, uh, how do you call it? The global Day. Global Day, yeah. yeah. 
and because I, I believe that that branch in art, if I can say that, yeah. like collage, it's it's really amazing that you have so many different pieces. When they are like separate, it, it looks like a mess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really yeah. do. That's good. Yeah. But when you put them together, it's and and as further you go, it starts to create an art, work of art. And I believe that uh, it's a great picture of what we are trying to do through our church. We believe that we are just a piece of collage that God has for Serbia and that God has for Europe and for whole world. And we alone easily can be just a mess, you know. Right. If we think we we are the only ones, we are the best ones, you know. Very often when I preach, I share this with my church. And first, it sounds very proudly. I said, church, I'm so glad we are here today. And I'm so proud to be pastor of this church. And we will be the best, the most holiest, the biggest, you know, <laughs> whatever you say, church in the city. And... I wish that every pastor would say this to his church today because uh, we are doing this for Christ. I mean, we are not doing this for us. And, and uh, we know that Christ wants to reach this country. He doesn't want to reach just my friends and my family or my colleagues. He want to reach this city, people that we don't know. And we want to have that mindset. God, we are open for many people. So um, uh, we don't have mega churches in Serbia. Like the biggest church is maybe a little bit over 200 members, you know, and uh, I want our church to be a church of a thousands, not because we want to burst and say like, hey, we are the biggest church in Serbia, you know, like, hey, look at us. No, but I, I really want to see uh, thousands of people gathering every Sunday, you know, or, or Saturday or whatever you day you, you, you can pick and worship the Lord. I believe it will be something totally different. And uh, when I'm saying this, I need to say that we are right now, after six years, we are celebrating six year of anniversary. We are church of 50, you know, and somebody would say like, hey, Danko, why it's not happening still? Well, uh, I will not go too much into why it's not happening. I really leave it to God. And I know that we, we can do much more and, and we are ready for, for God to really do great things for our church. But what I want to emphasize actually is that we need to trust the Lord. We need to dream big dreams, not because of our satisfaction, but because of trust in what God can do. I mean, Ben and I, you and I, we are now sitting right here and um, I'm facing the window and I'm seeing literally thousands of people walking by, not knowing Christ. And my church, when I think about my church, I would love to see them becoming part of God's family through our church and through other churches. So, uh, yes, we, we are church established six years ago and uh, we, we have really great team, people who are serving. Um, uh, I'm a pastor for all these six years and I hope it's going to stay like that in, in the future. And uh, I'm far, far away. You know me for a couple of years now, far, far away from uh, perfect or, or holy or <laughs> I don't know what other word should, should I use but uh, I, I really do my best and I ask Lord for wisdom for strength for strategy and I do my best to share this with our people to teach them to point them and, and uh, to guide them so that we all you know with me follow the Christ and his vision for us so Santa Church in few words, if I need to describe it, like great place, 
place where you will feel loved. People are very welcoming and, and we are very open. Um, we have kids, we have young people, we have most of our church is like uh, young families and we have elderly people as well. So it's like a nice mix. We even have different nations in, in our church. So yeah, a little piece of heaven, you know, it says there will be of every nation, every tongue, yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for describing that. And that's just so good for us to, you know, we talk about at Uncharted, we talk about Belgrade as one of the places where we have partnerships with, with you and, and a few others as well. But I think it's great opportunity for our listeners to get more of a picture of what is the body of Christ like here? Um, what does it look like to be a part of that together? So that's a really helpful description. Um, one thing I think it's important for the listener to understand too, and this kind of transitions into sort of a um, kind of a prayer request time, but you're also, you and your wife are entrepreneurs. Um, that yes, you're, you are a pastor of a church, uh, you're a husband, you're a dad, all those things first, um, but you're also entrepreneurs and you've started a few businesses. And so I, I just wanna say to you um, that we are going to continue to pray for the newest business that you just launched like a month ago, a little over a month ago. Um, so give us a give us a picture. How can we be praying for that business, for that endeavor? Because I know that that's something you guys are passionate about. It's a way that you serve your community. Um, it's a way that you and your wife work together shoulder to shoulder. Um, she's very instrumental in leading that. Tell us what's the name of the business, what's the concept briefly, and then how can we be praying for yeah. you guys in that? Uh, the name of the business is Our Little School, and it's uh, like after-school program. My wife and I, we owned, for 10 years, we owned a private daycare and kindergarten. Uh, and after that business, we started a cafe and a kids play, indoor playground for birthday parties and everything. Uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, we lost that business, but we were not desperate. We were not angry on situation or, you know, on God, like, God, why did, why did this happen? But we, when we, when we sell this business and, and um, praise the Lord, we managed to sell it and, and get at least some finances back. We, we asked the Lord that he would bless that little money we had, that seed, and, and uh, we decided to immediately invest it in new business. And we started in September and it's after school program for kids who are from seven to 11 years old. And um, uh, just briefly to explain what we do, we have very nice place right next to elementary school. Um, we uh, parents are working here, like in states or other countries who are listening to this podcast is the parents are working almost through whole day. Kids are in the school, but in Serbia we have school in shifts so kids are going in the morning or in the afternoons so uh, parents cannot come and pick them up in the school and school system is overwhelmed with number of kids who they need to take care after the school is over and they also have these after school programs but it's very very well i would say it's overwhelmed and they they cannot handle it properly so my wife and I, we, we started our private business, taking care of those kids who are finishing school earlier. They come to our place, they have meals, they do homework, they play, you know, they have fun time, they do the school thing, and then parents come and pick them up after their work. 
and they are ready to spend time with family. They, they don't need to go through the books. They don't need to be nervous about, they didn't have time to prepare for next day. So, so it's very cool, cool thing. And uh, if kid is in the morning in the school, parents take them to the school, we pick them up. We have schedule for each kid we have in our program. So we go to the school a couple of times and it depends how many classes do they have that day. We pick up the kid, bring it to our business, they have lunch there, they do the homework, they play there, they have some snacks afterwards, and just waiting for the parents. If kids are going to school in the afternoon shift, then parents bring them in the morning before job, they bring them to our business. Uh, we give them breakfast, do the homework, do all the preps for that school day. They have time to play, we have nice area, we have even a little like bookstore and, and uh, all kinds of toys for them and they have fun and then we take them to school. So my wife and I, we start this business in September. Right now we have seven kids, Woohoo! praise the Lord. And about we need five more to be uh, self-sustainable. Uh, right now we can cover all the costs, but my wife cannot make any salary out of it. Uh, but it's good that we, don't, we are not in minus, so that we need to add money. Uh, but our desire is to have five more kids which will give um, uh, room for my wife to have salary that we actually can live from it. And uh, uh, at that point, we will uh, hire one more person which will uh, help my wife. Right now, my wife works every day, Friday till, uh, Monday till Friday, 7.30 in the morning till 6 in the evening. Uh, but when we have another employee, then they can work in shifts and it will give my wife more time to advertise better this business, to organize some events that will promote what we do. And we believe it will just kind of scale up our business. The reason why we have these businesses, and, and if you want to ask me something, please just talk. The reason why we do businesses, I'm like full-time pastor in my church, but we, we, we own all these businesses or we owe them. And we, we are entrepreneurs and I believe it's a gift from God as well. And the reason why we do this, uh, first to say that all our businesses is in our neighborhood. So we are very local business minded people. We want to do something for the locals. So our first thing is, of course, to be able to share our faith in God and to show them how Christians can have legitimate businesses and how we can really do some good stuff. Second thing is that we want to bring value, add value to people's life. And uh, we, we really want those parents, we really wanted those people in our cafe to feel great, you know, about their life, to have a good coffee or in this business to have a good care of their child. And, and that's our goal. We, we, we do all our businesses with excellence. So we are not, you know, for the profit, we are, we are declining our quality. No. We want to have rather quality than just pure profit because remember, first thing is that we want to be a light. Second thing, we want to bring value. And the third thing, we want to be able to live from this business, we as a family, so that instead of me being a full-time pastor in the church, because all churches in Serbia struggle with finances. I mean, I believe now it's worldwide even. Uh, and be able to support our church through businesses. And not only our church, but future missionaries, some other churches, yeah. you know, and uh, 
we just pray that God will help us that to happen. So, wow, yeah. that's awesome. I love that. It's helpful to hear those three things, like those three motives for why you're doing what you're doing with that business and, and how it does connect to, I would say, a more broader and holistic vision and understanding for what ministry looks like in your local community. So thanks for sharing that. That's, that, that's not only good to hear, but um, again, to the listener, what a great practical prayer request. You, you talked about you're at seven uh, students right now or, or participants, and uh, you'd like to get five more. So we'll, be, we'll definitely be praying for that. And on that note, what, what are one or two more things that we can be praying for you guys about, man, whether it's family stuff, church stuff, entrepreneurial stuff? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I already told you about the business, and um, our full capacity is around uh, 30 kids in two shifts. You had chance yesterday to see the space, so, uh, yeah, and, and you can pray that we reach that full capacity as soon as possible. I mean, as soon as we get it, we would be able to do the third thing that I mentioned to support our church even more and, and other churches and missionaries and uh, to live out from that business as well. Uh, when I think about our family, I would always uh, ask you to pray for God's protection. We have a boy and girl, both of them are teenagers. They're great kids. They, we don't have, and, and I'm totally serious, you know, we don't have any problems with them, you know. And we will just love that to stay like this, that, that God will protect us from any of worldly influence. You know, they have a lots of friends outside the church and they, they, they are not like under the glass. You know, we are protecting them. Uh, but we are very aware that there are a lot of temptations and a lot of things that, that can cause them having trouble. So we just pray for their protection. And of course, our marriage. You know, that we would be, be firm and, and good example to, to our church. When I think about church, please pray that our people would uh, be more passionate. I mean, this COVID really, really has an impact on our church. And uh, people, we have a lot of people not attending church because of uh, fear of getting COVID disease. And I don't blame them. Uh, we have a lot of people who are coming to church, but they are... Uh, tired because we, we do so much and we put so much efforts and, and we don't see like multitudes of people coming to our church, you know, and, and I just pray that God will give us some visible fruits that, that people would be encouraged by this. So you can pray that we will see new people, that we will see people becoming Christians like born again Christians, that we will see more and more baptisms and, and, uh, like public confessions of faith and um, yeah that's 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 our goal i mentioned finances that's always you know an issue so that god will financially bless us so that we can you know keep the place where we are now we are paying quite significant rent there and but not only have finances to cover our costs and be able to survive but also to be able to bless financially some other churches and other peoples because we really we truly believe as a church that is more blessed to give than to receive and and we want to be able to do that more we did that but but we want to be able to do that more instead of just thinking like hey we we first need to survive so yeah that's good 
Thanks, man. Thanks for sharing those things. And it is a, a privilege and an honor to, in whatever ways, just stand with you guys, even from a distance. And just so thrilled for how God is using you already in this city. Um, and, and we know how he's going to continue to use you with even greater impact and significance moving forward. And uh, yeah, we're just really humbled. Um, and yet at the same time, proud to say that you're our friends, um, to see the ways that the Lord has connected us. And I'm excited for our future together. Um, so thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your ministry. Um, and just all the ways that you are living out tangibly the love of Jesus in your community. Thank you. And I can just say, say that we are also proud and happy and very blessed to be part of this collage. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of that, one of the cool things too is um, assuming technology works, sort of a little, this is kind of a preview for our Global Day that we're, uh, we're hoping one of our staff members will be able to interview you as part of Global Day over Zoom and um, dig deeper on some of these topics. And, and uh, so for the listener, uh, if you've enjoyed this, which I'm sure you have, then encourage you to come back for Global Day because among other things, you'll get more of a chance to hear from you, Donko, which is, which is great. So look forward to that. Yeah. And thanks again for doing this and uh, just appreciate the time together. Same here. Be blessed. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Perspectives Unsettled. Like we said earlier, Global Day 2021 is right around the corner. This year it is on Friday, November 12th, and we'll start the stream at 7 p.m. Central Time. If you missed out last year or you're not sure what Global Day is, it is a live-streamed event where we will be talking about international missions, getting updates from our communities overseas, sharing some stories, talking about uh, ways we can be supporting and praying for them. This year, we're talking about the body of Christ and what it looks like when all of us are working in unity together, how that impacts international missions, and what it really means to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. You know, for two out of three of our communities, it has been a really, really difficult year. And we want to take time to honor that and mourn with them and, you know, acknowledge that we are all members of one family. So you can register to attend Global Day at unchartedinternational.org slash global day. Um, or you can sign up to host a watch party and have people from your church or your small group over and watch it together. If you sign up before November 12th, this is very exciting. You get to be entered into a giveaway for a new 2021 iPad mini. I checked, I'm not eligible to win, but you can be if you go to unchartedinternational.org slash global day and register before the event. Again, that event is on November 12th and we'll start the stream at 7 p.m. Central Time. Thanks again and we will see you all at Global Day.